What's good, everybody? Man, you listening to the Back Row Commander Show. Man, we got a lot to talk about. We got the Tyreek Hill deal to talk about. Everything that's happened in free agency, how it affects Washington, and how it affects the entire league. So, hope you guys enjoy this episode. Let's get it. So, guys, if y'all have been following the show, y'all would know that I've usually been streaming through YouTube, and then I put the audio on the podcast form of it. But this is going to be an audio-only episode, just for the simple fact I don't have time to set up cameras and all that. Got a lot to talk about. But Tyreek Hill getting traded from the Kansas City Chiefs to the Miami Dolphins, it was crazy. Now, this is a new NFL where people just want to get paid or people are not happy with their deals. This is very NBA-ish, if that makes any sense. So Tyreek Hill got traded for a first, a second, a fourth, and a sixth this year. Uh, No, let me rephrase that. A first, a second, and a fourth this year, I believe, in the next year, a fourth and a sixth. So five picks for Tyreek Hill. It just goes to show you Mahomes is a really, really good quarterback, a great quarterback. And Tyreek Hill is a, a great wide receiver. But to pay Mahomes that kind of money, 40 to $50 million, and then to pay Tyreek, you know, 25 to $30 million, it's just not feasible anymore in this new NFL. The cap is going up, but also salary, the market is going up. So how does this relate to Washington? Let's not forget, Terry McLaurin is a very good wide receiver, and he's done some marvelous things playing with low to below level type quarterbacks. No offense to the quarterbacks that that we've had here in D.C., but at the end of the day, Terry McLaurin has been able to produce now, you say, well, Terry's not on the level of Tyreek Hill. Terry's not on the level of uh, guys like Devontae Adams. Well, Terry doesn't have Aaron Rodgers. Terry doesn't have Mahomes. Let's see what these guys look like on their new teams before we start to make speculations on how good or you know Terry is or not. Let's see what Terry looks like with Carson Wentz this season. Now, this is why it's imperative that the Washington commanders draft a wide receiver in the first round, first or second round. You got to grab some receivers. There's tons of receivers out there. You have the Drake London guys. I'm not a fan of Drake London. You know, do I think he can be a really good wide receiver in the NFL? Yeah. If he goes to the right team with the right system, with the right quarterback. Now, if he's playing with a guy like Zach Wilson, who I love, I don't know if Zach Wilson elevates a Drake London. But if Drake London is playing with a guy like Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes, you best believe he'll have a potential to maximize what he can truly be in the NFL. Now, the guys that I feel fit the Washington football team is Chris Olave, who I really love. Chris Olave is pretty much another Terry McLaurin. It's like a Terry McLaurin 2.0. He's one of the smoothest route runners in this draft. Not only that, you also have um, Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson is like a Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson type guy, a guy you can put the ball in his hands and he can get you some yak. Um, He's very, very good. So two different kinds of guys, but two really good wide receivers at the same time. So those are two guys I would want. One of the Ohio State guys, whether it's Olave, whether it's Garrett Wilson. Not only that, I would not mind a, 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 a Traylon Burks. I think his skill set fits with what the team is trying to do. you got to get somebody opposite of Terry McLaurin for many reasons. Reasons number one, you want to put Carson Wentz in the best position to succeed. And that means getting a premium wide receiver. 
regardless of who they get. I don't care who they get, but it, something is telling me that it's going to be either a super smooth route runner, maybe a guy that can create plays after the ball is in his hands, maybe some size, or maybe a combination of two or the three things that I just said. You, you you get somebody opposite of Terry just because you need somebody opposite of Terry, right? What if Terry does not want to re-sign? Then you have the security blanket that, hey, you've you've drafted a potential stud, right? Just in case Terry leaves, you have to keep that going. Nobody wants to come to D.C. Nobody wants to sign in D.C. Why would somebody want to sign in D.C.? So the only way or the best way to get premium talent here in D.C., it's to draft them. So Garrett Wilson, Burks, and uh, Chris Olave, those are three guys that I would not mind us getting in the top end of the first round. Now, if you want to go the route of grabbing somebody in the second round, there's some guys out there. George Pickens is out there. Uh, Chris Watson, most likely, you know, in the second round. Um, you know, if you're looking for a bigger type wide receiver, Jahan Dotson is very good. So, I mean, there's tons and tons of guys who can fit what this team is trying to do. And then people always tell me, well, we, we have Curtis Samuel. We have this guy. We have that guy. We have Dayami Brown. Look, Dayami Brown scares no one. Curtis Samuel, his injury and his health concern should scare everyone. He should be scaring us, the fans. So I'm not buying the Curtis Samuel thing. I'm not buying the Dayami Brown thing. Yeah, you re-signed Cam Sims. They want to feature him in the offense and things of that nature. So maybe that's your big receiver there. But at the end of the day, you still need to get more weapons. I would love to see a receiver added. I would love to see a tight end added. And I wouldn't mind a running back being added. You need to add as many weapons as possible to you know make this team better. Now, I've seen plenty of posts. I saw a guy saying, take a tackle in the first round. No. No, it's not happening. Because if you get a tackle, you, you spent draft capital on Samuel Cosme last year, right? Then you, you have spent actual money to, you know, resign Leno to a nice, sizable deal. He's getting starters money. So getting a, a swing tackle at 11 or in the first round just doesn't make any sense to me. You say, okay, defensive tackle, or I mean, I mean, defensive end doesn't make any sense. <laughs> we have more than enough defensive ends. If you want to grab another defensive end, it's something that, that, that you can do later on in the draft. Now, we shift to the corner position. Obviously, if Sauce Gardner is available at 11, you take it. You take him. Sauce Gardner is a generational talent. The guy's a dog. You can leave him on an island and know that he's going to shut down the wide receiver that he's guarding. Now, granted, competition changes from college to NFL, but Sauce Gardner is going to be, he's literally the best corner in the draft. He's one of those talents that go in the top 10. If he's there at 11, you grab him. Kyle Hamilton, another generational talent, another, another generational free safety. This guy right here has a chance to be special in the NFL. He might not be there at pick 11, but if he is, those are the two guys that I do not mind grabbing at pick 11. Grab one of those two guys. You can grab one of, one of these three wide receivers that I've mentioned. You can trade back a little bit and still grab a wide receiver. Um, people talk about Stingley Jr. Okay, I mean, there's some concerns there, but he's, you know, very, very good. I mean, there's some corners in this draft. There's some wide receivers in this, in this draft. Regardless of what the football team does, you got to grab the best talent available. You got to grab the best talent based off of projection, where they're projected to go. And then you got to kind of look at everything. 
So, which all brings me back to my point of the wide receiver being so important. Tyreek Hill, as good as he is, requested a trade. He wanted to get paid, right? Devontae Adams wanted to get paid. Not only did he want to get paid, he wanted preference. He had a choice of where he wanted to go. He wanted to go and play with Vegas. And it is what it is. So, in this new NFL, you, you better grab premium talent when you can grab it. Whether it's in the first round, second round, third round, you got to grab talent. I think Washington was lucky to draft Terry where they drafted Terry. People say, well, you know, you can find another Terry. Uh, you can find an, another Terry. You think, you think that's easy, finding a Terry or a Debo or some of these guys that went in the second, third, fourth, fifth round? You think how many fifth-round picks have turned into Tyreek Hill? These guys are hard to find. Yes, the more picks you have, the more swings you can make, and then maybe you find a guy that turns into a star. But the premium picks are first and second round. And for Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill to be moved for at least the first and second, both guys in both instances, that's magnificent. You know, they'll have, uh, you know, Green Bay and Kansas City will have more chances at swinging. Here's another reason why it's imperative that the football team or the commanders draft a core, a wide receiver in the first round, preferably first two rounds. Kansas City and Green Bay will be looking for that next talented wide receiver. So a team like Washington, who doesn't have a wide receiver outside of Terry, why not grab another one, right? Or you will wind up seeing potentially the next Tyreek Hill, which is going to be hard to find, the next Devontae Adams, which is hard to find. But you don't want the chances of guys like Green Bay and Kansas City grabbing those guys before you do. So even if Washington does trade back and get a wide receiver, make sure that you trade back within the uh, top 21, you know, because Green Bay has that pick 22, and I guarantee you they'll be taking the next best wide receiver available, especially if free agency doesn't change for those teams. What if they're not able to find replacements or, or, or wide receiver depth, especially Green Bay? We know Green Bay has nobody right now, so it's imperative that the team drafts a wide receiver. Let's see what happens with that situation, but, I mean, I love – the uh the the wide receiver group in this draft is so deep. I'm gonna get into all of the options at wide receiver at a later pod, but man, there's some really, really good talent out there. So let's talk a little bit more about Carson Wentz because I talked about him on the last podcast, but Bringing in Carson Wentz, some fans love it, some fans don't like it. Yeah, the compensation, yes, he's getting paid $28 million this year. I do get that, and then it limited what the team could have done in free agency. But at the end of the day, that, like I said in, in the last pod, that $28 million is only guaranteed for this year. The next year is expendable. Maybe they can rework his contract. Maybe get that, you know, rest of that contract down to maybe, you know, $20 million a year for another three years or something like that. But either way, Carson Wentz is most likely going to be a short-term guy anyways. When I say short-term, I'm talking max three years, you know, so you can still draft a guy this year in a draft, which I don't know, because today, currently, the commanders have sent, I believe, eight or nine guys to the pro day for Cincinnati to see Desmond Ritter. But I was like, I was saying smokescreen and somebody, you know, somebody was, you know, talking to me, you know, saying, well, that is one, you know, one, that's one heck of a smokescreen because to have 
up to nine guys. A lot of their offensive guys come out there to see this guy. Um, I'm more so thinking Sauce Gardner, to be honest. Uh, but then it's a possibility you can get Sauce Gardner and Desmond Ritter uh, in the draft. But let's see what happens. There's tons of scenarios that they can do. Um, I've seen a scenario where you can uh, flip, uh, swap picks with Houston. You can swap first round and second round picks to give Washington pick 37 instead of 47 in the second round. And that kind of puts you in striking distance to either get a top tier receiver. If you didn't get one in the in the first round, you can get a, a you know a quarterback if you believe in a guy like Ritter or a guy like Sam Howell. So those are guys who are most likely projected to go in the second round. But We'll see what happens. You know, they were at the pro days for um, Ohio State and, you know, they were talking to Chris Olave, which I continue to tell you guys that Washington is really, really interested in Olave. Um, They also like Garrett Wilson as well. So we'll see what happens. I've heard multiple reports saying that the commanders do like Desmond Ritter, Um, whether they take him in a second or not. um, We don't know. Um, Tons and tons of decisions to be made. But back to Carson Wentz. You get this guy and to have a franchise who have struggled to find a quarterback and us knowing that nobody wants to come to D.C. I even heard reports that Jimmy Garoppolo was not willing to waive his uh, trade clause to come to D.C. So uh, you had to overpay. You paid uh, two thirds and one of the thirds could possibly end up being a second next year. Um, So, yeah, you lose a second round pick next year and a third this year. If they're losing that second round pick, and let's say that Carson Wentz plays well or plays good or plays decent, you almost have to give Carson Wentz at least two years to make losing that second round pick worth the while. You know, um, I just don't see a scenario where you just, you know, you trade that capital and then you're you're just done with Carson Wentz this year. Now, if Carson Wentz starts to play bad, then guess what you can do? You can bench him the rest of the way and not lose a second round pick. You you'll lose a second. Uh, I mean, you'll lose a third next year. So if you look at it that way, especially with the with the comp pick coming for uh, losing Brandon Sheriff, that's another third. So let's say worst case scenario, Carson Wentz does not play well, right? You lose a third round pick this year, which you can recoup if you do trade back. That's one. Number two. Losing a third a third round pick next year. Let's say that, like I said, he doesn't play well. You bench him, you know, to keep him under that uh, amount of snaps. I look at it as eleven games. Eleven games is the number. You got to let him play about, you know, maybe eight to nine games. But you got to be careful with that because of the snap counts and all that. Um, so let's say he plays eight to nine games, maybe even ten, and he doesn't play well. You bench him, and then next year you lose a third round pick. And then you still gain one back and losing sheriff. So all in all, it wasn't a total, total loss or total, total, you know, a bad move. You have to take a swing. And I think that Carson Wentz was possibly the best quarterback that they could have gotten that was available. Like, like you like you look at Matthew's, uh, uh, not Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan said that his top choice was the Colts. So even if Matt Ryan was available, who says he wanted to come to D.C.? So... You know, you can say all this, you can speculate this and that. People say, well, why not get Jameis Winston? Okay, you get Jameis Winston, but what makes you think that Jameis Winston wanted to come to D.C.? Like, it was a lot of uh, choices for these guys. Like, why leave the Saints to come to D.C.? Even Trubisky. (laughs) I mean, Pittsburgh or D.C. So the choices that they had, yeah, now you can go down and say, okay, maybe Teddy Bridgewater, maybe a guy like Tyrod Taylor. Nah, 
instead of getting one of those guys, to be honest, I'd rather stick with Taylor Heineke because he is those guys. I mean, yes, Teddy Bridgewater has a better arm, Tyrod Taylor, veteran leadership, this and that. But, I mean, it is what it is. And then for the cost, you already have that in Taylor Heineke. So, all in all, Carson Wentz is possibly, probably the best option. And then, you know, obviously things happen with, with, with Baker Mayfield, but then with the compensation that the Browns are looking for, they, they want a first-round pick for Baker Mayfield. That would be crazy. I'd rather trade two-thirds for Carson Winston than trade a first for Baker Mayfield or even a second even a second for Baker Mayfield. Um, so that's that, – I mean, you have all these choices, all these different things, all these scenarios. Do you go get a Marcus Mariota? Do you – none of those things move the needle. At least with Carson Wentz, there's a, there's a slight chance of hope to where if he does play well, you have a quarterback for the next two to three years, maybe even longer, maybe five years if he plays great. So – all in all, I'm okay with the Carson Wentz deal. Now, it's, for me, it's all about getting weapons for uh, Carson Wentz. We slide to the free agency. Free agency, we got Andrew Andrew Norvell, former uh, All-Pro in uh, 2017. And you bring him in for $10 million for two years. So the money that you would have paid Eric Flowers you cut that in half, and, and you get Norvell, and then a very cap-friendly deal. Um, you get this guy. Um, he's still a very, very good guard. Um, I don't know if he'll ever return to that all-pro level, but at the end of the day, you have a nice left guard starting. And then with the way that Washington is approaching this free agency, they just re-signed Cornelius Lucas today as I speak, and, and he got a, a nice little deal as well. I believe it was like about $8 million for two years, so about $4 million a year for a swing guard, a guy who can step in if Cosme gets hurt or if Cosme's playing bad or you have a guy that can slide in for Leno if Leno's playing bad or if Leno's hurt. So it's just kind of good to have that swing depth. Uh, um, so with, with our tackles, our three main tackles, Leno, Cosme, and Cornelius Lucas, I am perfectly fine with that. And remember, a guy like Cornelius Lucas was a guy that when we were picking him up, everybody was mad. Who was Cornelius Lucas? Who was this guy? Who was this random guy that, you know, Ron Rivera is bringing in? He ended up being a good signing. Logan Thomas, J.D. McKissick, DeAndre Carter. All these low bargain guys ended up being decent guys who worked out and then end up getting deals. So, um, you know, another one is uh, Wes Weischer, who's possibly going to be starting at right guard this year unless – you know, the team drafts a guard in the a, in a fourth round, which I don't see happening. But you never know. Maybe they take a guard later on in the draft in the seventh. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I, I like Wes uh, Schweitzer as the right guard. Now, obviously, we do need more guard depth, which is something that I believe that we're going to address either at the end of free agency or in the draft. Now, back to free agency. They're signing all these low-tier guys. I said it on a tweet. I said that the commanders are not going to sign any big name or any splash. So just, you know, just throw that away. You're going to see little, little signings. You're going to see, like the other day, they signed a guy named F.A. Uh, Obada. And this guy right here has 11 sacks, 11 plus sacks, 11.5 sacks, I believe, in two years. And um, 
he's real solid. He's real solid deaf guy. And he was a guy that, you know, was formerly played for Ron Rivera. People are just mad that we keep bringing all these Carolina guys. But he was a pathway program guy that it took him four years to really hit stride. Ron Rivera said that guys like this take them you know, about four years to hit this stride, and he's now become a contributor. He's going to be a nice contributor uh, playing behind Chase Young and Montez Sweat. We have another guy, David Bada. David Bada has a chance with the same pathway program to, you know, continue to work and then to actually be a contributor to this team. So he sees a lot of Bada and Obada. Uh, so we're just getting all these Bada. As long as these guys are bad guys, bad mans, like a bad guy, you know, I'm cool with that. Um, <laughs> had to add some Jamaican flavor to it. But, um, yeah, we just continue to add all these depth pieces. Cornelius Lucas signing, Norvell signing. So the offensive line is pretty much solidified. We just now need to, you know, bring back guys like Larson, which I, I believe Larson signed. Larson is still part of the team. Uh, you have um, Ishmael. So I love the group as a whole, but you can definitely add a piece or two to really solid to really solidify that offensive line. Defensive line is going to take some work. You're gonna, you know, losing Ionitis and Tim Settle. You're gonna have to find some depth pieces either at the end of the draft, which is possibly in the seventh round, like we always do with some undrafted guys. So I'm not worried about the depth uh, for the defensive tackle position. We're going to find some guys. We're going to find some guys. There's going to be some guys all over the draft, all over, you know, the undrafted free agent market of guys that, you know, possibly can come in and, you know, contribute right away. With us cutting Landon Collins post-June 1st, that's going to create some more money, and that's money that you can use to resign a guy like Terry McLaurin. We all love Terry. We all want to, you know, resign him. He's, you know, a big piece to what we're trying to do. So, resigning Terry is at utmost the most important thing we need to do this offseason. If we resign Terry, and these are the depth pieces that we were able to get, then I'm okay with that. That means that we did our due diligence. Uh, we looked at the market, and um, I believe a Terry deal gets done. Hopefully it gets done before the season starts after the draft, because I'm telling you, if this thing lingers on heading into the season, it could get ugly to where now you're trying to work out something. Maybe you give Terry a franchise tag and that can be the beginning of the end. If if a Terry deal, if a Terry deal doesn't get done this summer and then you're talking about a franchise tag, it can get really, really ugly. But overall, free agency has been low key. OK, uh, low key. I mean, it's been decent. You know, you you bring back J.D. McKissick. Fans want to re-sign everybody. Right. Fans want to keep the, you know, in-home talent that we've either found through free agency or draft. But then. You also want to sign high-priced free agents like Bobby Wagner just, just to say, hey, we signed a Bobby Wagner. The last time we signed a big-name guy was Landon Collins. We loved it initially, then we didn't like it. William Jackson III, you know, uh, Will Fuller. I mean, not Will Fuller, Kendall Fuller. So all these big-name guys, you get them, it, it sounds good. It's fun at the beginning. You know, Curtis Samuel is another one. And then... After a while, it doesn't pan out because these guys don't live up to the hype. So I continue to, you know, encourage fans. Hey, be encouraged. Let's continue to build through the draft, which is the best way to build, to be honest. And then on top of that, you have these rookie guys on the on the you know on the team for four years. You know, I I enjoyed four years of of uh, settle. You know, four plus years of uh, of uh, of um, I United. So getting these guys in a draft and building. And, you know, continue to, to, you know, build your room. Some guys get that second contract. Some guys don't. But at the end of the day, you're building a team. So um, 
hey, these hey, these uh, draft picks between th- uh, third rounders to the seventh round, those are important picks because those make up the majority of the league. And these these mid to late round picks and these undrafted free agents. The, I mean, the big like the big premium guys are first first three rounds or first two rounds, right? Then. You have that next tier of rounds three to five. Then you have that sixth and seventh rounders where you get your depth pieces, or sometimes you find sometimes you find stars or stars to be like like your boy um, Cameron Curl, who I'm expecting a big season from. Now everybody continues to say, "What do we do for the Buffalo nickel position? What do we do?" There's a lot that we can do at that Buffalo nickel. So we'll see what happens with free agency and the rest of the draft. But look, I'm excited. I love where the team is going. It's just all about, you know, ironing out a few things and adding a few pieces here and there. So, guys, although I'm excited about where the team is going, at the same time, I have no expectations for this team this season. That way, I'm not hurt when things go bad. We are Washington fans. We've been through this thing. But when you look at the at the, at the division, you know what I'm saying, you have uh, Dallas who lost to Mari Cooper. But they added depth at wide receiver. They still have Michael Gallup. They still have CeeDee Lamb under that rookie contract, which is why I'm like, get another rookie. Get another rookie and hope that that rookie's a stud, especially in the first round. That way you can have that rookie contract. But, yeah, I'm done talking about that wide receiver that we need in the first or second. Um, But first would be a lot better, I promise you guys, because of that fifth-year option. But um, so Dallas got worse Offensively, they lost guys like Lyle Collins. I mean, they lost a lot of different guys. So I don't know. I'm not. I'm not feeling Dallas like that. You know. Uh, but they still have the best quarterback in the division. But bringing in a Carson Wentz automatically gets Washington to that number. I, I, in my opinion, I think Washington has the second best quarterback in the division. Now, right now. Obviously, if the Eagles can add some pieces around Jalen Hurts, who knows? Jalen Hurts or even Daniel Jones can push for number two. It's all about system, fit, growth, what happens after the draft, after the offseason. Who knows? Does Daniel Jones take that next step? They, they did bring in a veteran. Um, it was either Tyrod Taylor or Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, one of those guys. I don't even know. But they brought in one of those guys. Uh, they took Ricky Seals-Jones from Washington, which is a need. We need another tight end on this team. I would love to grab somebody like a Jelani Woods in the fourth round. But after that RAS score, he has skyrocketed, and he can possibly be taken in the late second, uh, mid-third. Um, not having that third-round pick is going to hurt. Uh, because we do need more weapons. Um, but, um, you know, you look at, uh, you know, the Giants. They didn't get any worse. So, but I can't, but can you say that they've gotten better? Now, this is, out, this is not even including the draft. These guys have draft picks. Eagles and the Giants have draft picks. They have, a, I mean, they have a chance to drastically improve. I believe the Giants have two first-round picks and the Eagles have three first-round picks. Assuming that they don't trade either one, let's say they hit on their draft picks. Like, we can end up facing a guy like uh, Sauce Gardner. Or Thibodeau, you know, I mean, there's a lot of talent in that top 15, that top 20, uh, this draft. So let's see what happens. I think both teams could drastically improve in the draft, via the draft, if they get the right pieces. Um, So Washington coming in second is not too far-fetched. It's not too far-fetched. We'll see what happens. All right, so we got to talk Jamin Davis. Jamin Davis is not a bad player. 
Now, granted, the team drafted him in the first round, pick 19 last year, to be a middle linebacker. He's not a middle linebacker. He can play the middle linebacker position, but it's something that he has to grow into. And then also at his size, it kind of confused me. Yes, all the athleticism in the world. He's an outside linebacker. You're still looking for that, you know, for that middle linebacker. He's not it. You know, now there are some options in the second round. If you're trying to go Chad Muma, uh, so many guys in the draft that I can't even list up off the top of my head right now. But you can find middle linebackers all over the place. Everybody's saying take N'Kobe Dean at 11 if he's there, including me at a certain point. But drafting an off-ball linebacker in the first round has some repercussions that comes with it. You've seen what happened in Dallas with guys like Vander Esch being taken in the first round. Now he's on a minimum contract. You saw guys like Jalen Smith, who they took in the second round. He's off the team. So taking a linebacker in the first round, the off-ball linebacker, is a mistake. It's a mistake. Even though you get guys like Devin White every now and then, you know what I'm saying? Devin Bush was supposed to be that next guy, right? But Devin Bush hasn't been as good as Devin White, maybe because of the injury. So every now and again, you will get some pretty good linebackers in the first round, especially early in the first round. Um, So... You know, it's one of those things. It's like drafting a running back in the first round. It's one of those things like that you don't do. So now I'm starting to be a believer that you do not take an off-ball linebacker in the first round, and I'm seeing why. A guy that I would have wanted last year in the second round was Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton is out there balling in Kansas City. He is a monster. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he, he might not reach superstar status like Leonard from the Colts, but at the end of the day, he's a starter, and he's an impact player in the second round. You know, you have all these guys, uh, all these Miles Jacks of the world and all these different guys that were draft that were not drafted in the first round. So you don't have to take an off ball linebacker in the first round. Nicobe Dean is a monster. He is special. He is special. I will hey look. He is special. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, you know, maybe last year the team should have taken a wide receiver at nineteen. And then this year you take your linebacker. But it is what it is. You already took one last year in the first round. I do not think the team takes another off-ball linebacker in the first round unless they trade back and trade back and trade back. So I want to talk about Jamin Davis. Let's see what he does in year two of his development. I, I have not given up on him. Now, after year two, if you don't see any growth, then it's time to start worrying. Okay, well, we wasted a first-round pick on a depth guy. So let's see what happens with Jamin Davis. Now, we talk about Curtis Samuel. I never include Curtis Samuel in any of my wide receiver uh, groups for Washington because, really, I don't know who Curtis Samuel is. I haven't seen him on Washington. The guy's been hurt, 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 and hurt. And then when he plays, it's like for a play or two, then he's hurt again. So I'm hoping that Curtis Samuel is not Debo Samuel. I mean, not, um, I mean, Paul Richardson 2.0. The reason why I mentioned Debo Samuel is that I'm seeing some reports. Oh, they're going to use Curtis Samuel like Debo Samuel. Can he just get healthy, please? Like, before you can even give this guy some carries, let's see what he can do at wide receiver before you start giving this guy carries, knowing that, you know, he's been hurt. Now you say, oh, well, he's been healthy. He's been fairly healthy his whole career. Last year was the only year he's been hurt. Well, let's get him healthy. Let's see what we have in Curtis Samuel. But there is a potential that, Washington could be starting three Ohio State wide receivers as the starting wide receivers next year. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, Curtis Samuel, uh, I'm pulling for you. I hope you turn out to be good for us because we were excited to draft you. 
I mean, to uh, sign you in free agency, it just hasn't panned out yet. So we'll see what happens. Um, like I said, guys, I don't see much moves being made. I don't see any spectacular moves being made the rest of the way. Now, it does get interesting after the draft. It does get interesting after the, all these different guys get cut post-June 1st. Then it gets more fun. You know, you're going to get those pickups like the Charles Leno and the McCains late, late, late into the summer that end up being, you know, some some guys that you actually need that can actually help your team. So there's still money to go around. Uh, I think that's when you'll see Washington more so as big spenders. Or if you see somebody who who gets cut and released that fits what they're trying to do at a good price don't count run out on that as well so guys this is your guy manny this is the back row washington commander show hope you guys enjoyed it uh hey hit me up on twitter be sure to follow um the youtube um, talking sports with manny i do drop a lot of washington content on that channel um, i will talk to you guys soon and uh, let's get it take command